Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell, lead pastor at James River Church. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Well, tonight what I want to do is just briefly, I want to talk to you about the power of praise. And when we're talking about praise, we're not talking about a replacement for prayer. We're talking about the start of prayer. So it would... I, th- I think it's wonderful to praise the Lord and to give him praise, but to continually just have a prayer life that lets somebody else do your praising for you, i.e. listening to praise music, and you're not really doing it or formulating it yourself, I think you're missing something uh, that is necessary in the life of the believer. Because the Bible says this in Psalm 100. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Thanksgiving is the key to the throne room. When we're giving thanks, what's happening is we're thanking God for what he's done. But then praise is different. We enter his courts with praise. Praise is about who God is, what he is like. And what praise does is it brings us into the very courts. Thanksgiving gets us in the door Praise brings us into the courts of heaven itself. In fact, I would suggest to you that what praise does is it shifts our focus and shifts our sense of not only what's important to us, but our perspective on life itself. I mean, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, I love this, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We're talking about right now. That's not in heaven. That's not after you die. That's now. So there's something about praise that puts us in the place where we need to be to be able to to understand with the mind of the Lord, to see with the eyes of the Lord, and to receive from the Lord those things that we need. That in a very real sense, Smith Wigglesworth writes that you and I have to pray ourselves into heaven because everything we need is in heaven. I would suggest to you that as we're praising God, what happens is we're in the presence of the Lord where the reality of who he is, of what he wants to do, and what he will do in our life becomes very real to us as we recognize that there's more to this life than this life and that seating, we can be seated with Jesus in the heavenly places. That's an awesome reality. Since we've been seated with Christ in the heavenlies. It's really good for us to develop our prayer life to the point where we we desire that, where we recognize that, and where we experience that. As we talk about praise, just three things I want to remind you of regarding praise. And I just, I love our praise and our worship, and, and I love the way as a church we're entering in because I think it sets the table for everything God wants to do. But maybe you're new and maybe you're still kind of figuring everything out. Let me just say this. Praise is, first of all, a command. It's something we're commanded to do. In Hebrews 13 and verse 15, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Continually, not just on Wednesday night, not just on Sunday morning, not just when we're having our time with the Lord, 
but continually we're offering a sac sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving him praise. In other words, we're constantly praying and praising God. It's something he asks us to do. We, uh, part of our worship is singing. Part of it is speaking. Part of it is lifting our hands. Part of it might be shouting out to God. All those things are commands in Scripture. And let me just suggest to you, because here's what people will do. People will say, well, you know, you don't understand, John. I'm a more reserved kind of person. And let me just say this to you, if that's where you're coming from, that God would not command us to do something that he hadn't put in our new nature. So when you get saved, you're a new person. You might have been reserved as a unbeliever, but you got a new nature. Because if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, everything's new. So in our Christian DNA, Peter puts it this way. He's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. He's given everything you and I need. At salvation, we have all that we need to live the Christian life. The issue is, as we're growing in Christ, we discover what those things are that he's already placed in us that we didn't even know were there. So we err if we think, well, you know what? I don't like raising my hands. I'm not comfortable raising my hands, so I don't have to raise my hands. That has nothing to do with the issue. The Bible says, lift your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. It says, I will bless the Lord with all my heart. And, and, and so as we're talking about lifting our hands, it's a command. Paul says, I urge men everywhere to lift up holy hands and to do it without anger or without argument. What's he talking about? Anger as in, I just don't like it when pastor tells us we have to lift our hands. <laughs> Arguing, I don't know why we have to do it as you're getting in the car to go home. Why do they always, why is Eli and Don always telling us to lift our hands? That's arguing. It's arguing with the Lord. It's arguing with the worship leader. Paul says, lift your hands and don't argue and don't get mad. It's what God desires. And, and here's the thing. As we're lifting our hands, what happens is we are winning the battle. There is something spiritual that happens in the atmosphere of our life when hands are lifted to the Lord. And we've looked at scripture that talks about that. There's something spiritual that happens in our life when we shout to the Lord with a shout of praise. There is something powerful that happens in our life when we sing songs of praise. It releases the power of God in our life in a way that will not happen if we sit there like this. You have to position yourself. What I do physically affects my life spiritually. And when you come in and you're praising God and you say, I just don't feel like it and I feel like it would be hypocritical for me to do it, can I just say to you, it's hypocritical for a believer to only do what they feel like doing. Because he's the Lord of our life. And when he's the Lord, we do what he asks. So it'd be hypocritical to say, Jesus is the Lord of my life and I'm not going to praise him because I don't feel like it. Yeah. 
Because it's a command. And when we do what he commands, it changes our life. Let me say this as well. It's a sacrifice. And part of the sacrifice is saying, I'm not going to, I, I'm going to be willing to do what I don't necessarily feel like doing in that moment. That's part of the cost of that sacrifice. Again, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise. In the Old Testament, the sacrifice cost you something. It cost you grain. It cost you an animal. It could cost a, a, a lamb from the flock, a bull, an ox. It costs us something. When you and I are worshiping the Lord, it costs us time. It costs us energy. It, it, it means that we order our life so we can be there when it's time to worship the Lord. It means that whether we feel like it or, or we don't, we are going to worship the Lord knowing this, that as I offer him that sacrifice in a tough season of life, when I don't feel like it, that I'm actually doing something I won't have the opportunity to do in heaven. You can give him a gift right now. You will never give him an eternity because I can promise you in eternity, you will always feel like offering a sacrifice of praise. In eternity, you will always feel like praising God. In eternity, you will always feel like lifting your hands. You will always feel like shouting. You will never have a time when you don't feel like doing it. So right now, you and I have an opportunity to give God something we'll never be able to give him in eternity. And that's the shout of praise. That's the lifting of our hands. That's the sacrifice when we don't feel like it. And as well, it requires faith to do it. To believe that something is happening as I'm lifting my hands, as I'm praising the Lord vocally, as I'm clapping my hands. All those things require an act of faith on our part to say, God, I believe you're doing something. And I hope this, I, I hope that you're not just singing or raising your hands and, and not at the same time thinking, Lord, I don't know all that's happening right now, but I know there's a battle being fought on my behalf. And as I'm lifting my hands, something is happening in the heavenlies, something that is changing the atmosphere over my life, over my family's life, over my work. I mean, those things are actually happening. God, I believe, as we talked on Sunday, that as I'm worshiping, as I'm in the presence of the Lord and I'm worshiping and praising you, you're going to be talking to me. You're going to set your hand on me. You're going to give me spiritual insight. You're going to give me discernment. I'm going to walk out of here different than I came in Jesus' name because I've been praising you. It takes faith to believe that. I love 2 Chronicles 2020, the story of Jehoshaphat, when he and the nation of Judah were attacked by a huge army, he was terrified. He calls the people in verse 3 to a fast. The prophet gets up and says, listen, God is going to help you. And what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to worship and praise the Lord. And so Jehoshaphat the next day stood and said, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. And so here he is, he's believing God to do something exceptional, but he's saying, you've got to have faith. You've got to believe. Then we read this, 
It, what he did, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And as they went out ahead of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. So it takes faith to go into the battle praising God. It takes faith for you to praise God on the way to work when you know you got a tough day. But when we do that, we're setting up a victory in our life. The third thing, praise brings a divine encounter. I love this. In Psalm 22, we quote it a lot, but you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. Or the King James says, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. God sits enthroned on the praises of his people, we'll say. God inhabits the praise of his people. When you are praising God, it creates a platform in the middle of our circumstances for the Lord and, uh, and King of Heaven to come down into our circumstance. A scripture we don't talk about much, but I think it's so powerful is Isaiah 42 and verse 10. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing his praises. You know, people say, why don't we always learn new songs? Because the Bible says, do it. That's why we do it. So just remember, next time we're singing a new song and Eli gets up here and says, I want to, I want to teach you a new song. Don't roll your eyeballs. Say, good on you, Isaiah 42. That's it, right? Sing his praises from the ends of the earth. Sing all you who sail the seas, all you who live in distant coastlands. Let the whole world glorify the Lord. Let it sing his praise. Why is it saying that? Because watch what happens. The Lord will march forth like a mighty hero. He will come out like a warrior full of fury. He will shout his battle cry and crush his enemies. It's really good, isn't it? So like, think about this. Even when you're singing a new song, you say, well, if I'm singing a new song, I don't know it and I don't know the words. Well, just try anyway, because what happens is, as you engage in that, God engages in this. Praise motivates God to come to our defense. Praise motivates God to do what only he can do so that we can receive from him the things we need. And as they were praising the Lord in 2 Chronicles 20, watch what happens. As they're going out and saying, his mercy endures forever, his love endures forever. It says, as they began to sing in praise. Watch this. As they began to sing in praise. Not at the end of the praise service, at the beginning. Again, I just, you know, I mean... I know you're thinking, well, he's making a big deal out of this. I'm just saying, don't be late. You say, yes, but you start early. You're right. But watch what happens. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord said ambushes. I mean, I'm just telling you, at the start of the service, something very significant is happening. And I don't want to miss one aspect of it. It's why I like to come. I realize it's hard for people. you got kids. you got, got to get everybody where they need to go. I get that. But as much as you can to get, come in and begin to prepare your heart so the minute 
we start singing. You're ready to jump in because when we start singing, God starts working. And he said ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. Isn't that great? Listen, you know what? Praise sets the table for the power of God, the goodness of God, the hand of God, the voice of God in our life. And I just, you know, I, I honestly, I'm not offering any of this as a corrective or a directive. I just want to keep because the church is rapidly growing. I mean, you may not know that, but we are, we've, we've got 80 new families coming in a week. That's a lot of people. And not only is the church growing, but the retaining rate is exceptionally high. I mean, it's just, it's very unusual the number of people. Our six-month retention rate is, is really stellar. You say, what is it? About 30%. Most churches retain 10%. They say if a church is crushing it, they're 20%. We're near 30%. And I say that to the glory of the Lord, but I tell you because the church is growing. And so I just, um, I just believe God's going to do uh, something exceptional in this place, and I'm just trying to keep everybody on the same page, right? In fact, I, last week, Bill texted me, Bill Johnson, and he texted me, and he said, you know, I just feel you're getting ready for a season of exponential growth, and honestly, I don't know where you're going to put the people. I've, you know why I'm excited about that? Because... I believe that we're going to see people being saved like never before. I just am so excited about that. I believe that if we're going to have that kind of growth, if that's going to happen, it's because God's going to be displaying the kind of power that brings that. And so we've been praying. We've been praying for a great awakening. We've been praying for an outpouring of the Spirit. We've been praying for healings. We've been praying for all these things. And I believe that we're still on the front end of what God's going to do in all of that. And so as people are coming in, I just kind of, my job is to kind of keep us all on the same page as we move forward into the purposes of God, into the power of God, into maturity and understanding the way God wants to work in our life. Thank you so much for being here tonight, for watching online, because honestly, this sets the table, not only for what God's gonna do in the church, but for what God's going to do in your life. You're going to be different tomorrow. You're going to be different tonight. You're going to be different the rest of this week because you were here, because God does something as we're praising him. And, and you might have come in here tonight, and you're facing a battle, and I just want to encourage you that the God of heaven, as you're praising, he gets up and he says, hey, who's messing with my child? I'm going to take him out. I'm going to take them on. I'm going to do something to defend them. Some of you needed to hear that tonight because you feel like you're under attack and the Lord is going to defend you. That's the heritage of those who love the Lord. No weapon formed against you will prosper.